to Iraq. I want to go to Hawaii. Get that sorry back to Iraq. You're in the army now. It's time for the church in New Orleans to fight for your life. Come on up, Lodibar. Get out of your mess. Fight the devil. There's no weapon that's more powerful than a worshiping saint. If we praise him and worship him and pray and love one another and commit to the power, we'll go back to the intent of God. God is moving at an accelerated rate. We must move with him because we're going to miss that moment that God has set for us. It's time for us to get up and progress. Come on, praise church. You're going to help me here. We get the hand of the devil and we come against it in the name of Jesus. There's oil money in this church. There's oil money. There's oil money. Come on. Loose into New Orleans for the church. We lose the power to get wealth in the body of Christ. We break the hold of the devil on the Mississippi River. We break that thing in the name. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. Shut up, devil. You python. We bind you. We break your head. Stand on your head. We loosen your grip. The money's coming. The blessing is coming. We bind abortion and witchcraft and drugs. We bind it in the name Kabbalah. rising up deliverance is inevitable revival is on the way the breakthrough is here generational money is about to unfold we're about to get a permanent building the devil is a liar amen god has taken all of that to save it for one big harvest he 
wasn't giving it to you in one chunk after the next, it's just one mess of harvest. I want the devil and his mother-in-law to know it's coming in one harvest, baby. It's a bumper harvest, so enlarge your territory, lengthen those stakes, enlarge your tent, lengthen those cords, drive the stakes in. It's the season of enlargement. This church, I'm telling you, you're about to explode, my goodness. And we call it now in the name of Jesus. We call it, we insist on it, we believe it, we take it, we claim it, we own it, we possess it. service tonight and conclude this powerful three days that we've had with the emphasis on revival and revival begins with me amen let's lift our voices father we just invite your holy spirit here we know that you are here but we give you complete control of every aspect of this service lord we remove all distractions and we yield ourselves to receive from you. Lord, do in us what you desire to do, Father. We give you permission to work in our lives, Lord. And we ask you to accept this offering of our praise and worship as we lift our voices before you. In Jesus' name, amen. When you move, such an easy thing for you to do. Your hand is moving right now. You are still showing up at the tomb of every Lazarus. And your voice is calling me out. Right now, I know you're able, my God. Cause you never lost a battle No, you never lost a battle And I know, I know You never will Lord, you never will Everything's possible By the power of the Holy Ghost a new wind is blowing right now Breaking my heart of stone Taking over like it's Jericho And my walls, they're all crashing down And right now, I know you're able My God, to come through again I know, I know, you never will. 
lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. And you never will. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. You never lost a battle. Lord, you never will. You never lost a battle. You never lost the battle. You can do all. Oh God, yes you can. You can do all things but Cause you never lost. You never lost. You never lost.
all our trust in you, Lord. And all we want is you, Lord. All our eyes on you, Lord. And all our hope is in you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All we trust in you. And all we want is you, Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, the Lord, he's my helper. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way to follow.
is my shepherd. Oh, and the Lord is my helper. Oh, Jesus, lead us and show us the way to follow you. Oh, Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead us, lead us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I see you do it again. You made a way when there was no way, and I believe I see you do it again. I see you move, you move the mountain, and I believe I believe. Work in your favor, yeah. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Come on and sing late. Late in the midnight hour, God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor. Yes, we prophesy that, Lord. Late in the midnight hour, turn it around for us, God. You're working. Amen. I don't know what kind of problems you brought in here tonight, but I trust you walked in here determined you're leaving them here and you're not taking them back out. We've been singing. He's fought every battle for us. He's won the victory for us. And he's working for you even in the midnight hour. Amen. Late in the midnight hour. God's gonna turn it around. It's gonna work in your favor.
faith is on high. We have an expectancy in our spirits to see what you're going to do on the behalf of your children. We praise you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated if you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you again for each of you coming out on this Friday night. And you are not going to be disappointed. The Holy Spirit never disappoints. Amen? This time, Pastor Josh is coming. Baby, is this your water? All right. Good evening. I said good evening. All right. Come on. We are the Wake Church of Jesus Christ. Amen? You know, I, I, I'm going to do the offering in just a minute, but you know, I, I sit here and I, and I was thinking about what Bishop had been saying these last two days. If you haven't been watching or listening, he's been talking about revival. Talking about revival. And I said, well, what does that mean to me? Because if I'm a leader in the church, I have to get it first. I have to understand, come on. Where I need to go. And the Lord dropped me in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So number one, church, if we're going to have revival, we have to present our bodies, come on, as acceptable unto God. One translation said, this is your reasonable Worship. Amen? And then the last thing, which I think we fight the biggest, is the hindrance and revival, is verse 2. And it said, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. We have allowed the world system to enter into our thinking. Come on, we have compromised in areas in the church that the doors have never should have been opened. And we cannot think like the world. We must think like God, so therefore our minds must be transformed daily if the ushers would come. And on the first night, which I think blessed me the most, he started talking about the history of revival. And he went through the different stages and how revivals come and then how revivals were stopped due to certain things, the decisions of man, war, poverty, all these things. And I was reminded of one of my favorite revivals is the revival of Herbides. And when God, the word of God says it literally God stepped down. Come on, it wasn't in a church. Come on, it was an entire region that was so gripped with the fear of God. And that there was a dancing program one night and the Spirit of God moved into that place, and young men and women fled and went to the church. And there were crowded churches everywhere. There were so many people at the church that people by the hundreds were praying outside in the field because they could not get in the door. This is what we desire, amen. I was thinking today, boy, what if the Spirit of God would move into the French Quarter? Come on, what if the Spirit of God would move into the French Quarter? It wouldn't be Bourbon Street, but it would be Redemption Street. Come on, and people would just start to flee. And this, we wouldn't be known as a place of partying and all kind of lewd things, but New Orleans would be known as a place of the Holy Ghost. 
And so I've been thinking about these things, and I'm just, I'm just pumped up. And I, I just, you know, Bishop Tudor can preach pretty much anywhere he wants in this world. Come on, not in this, in this world. And he felt in his heart. So I'm going to challenge you here, and then we're going to pray for our general offering and giving. He felt in his heart, not because he just loves our pastors. He does love our pastors, but he could send them an email. He can call them on the phone. But he felt in his spirit that he needed to be here for three nights. And this is the third and final night. So before we get into service, I want you to push what all you have, to pull on him, to ask God to move, to open up whatever you need. Do not leave this place the same in which you came in. Do not leave this place wondering if God has a plan. Leave this place knowing and trusting and received and filled up with his presence. Amen? Amen. We will have a second offering tonight that will go directly to Bishop and his ministry. This first offering will be for our general tithe and offerings and to help with the expenses of the meeting and the travel and the food and the lodging. So be partakers in that. Amen. So I'm going to pray. You may bring your gift forward after I pray, and then we will move on to the next part of service. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, that you called us to be the head and not the tail, Lord God, that you called us to overcome, O oh God. Father, I thank you that you said on every good occasion that we would have the ability to give, O oh God, Father, and your word says that you would give seed to the sower. And I thank you, God, that you have a people in this house that are sowing people, oh God. And I thank you for your spirit in this place, oh God. Now, Father, I ask that you would cause this seed to multiply for your kingdom. And we give you all praise and glory as you bring your gift forward. In Jesus' name, amen. what's coming because to whom much is given and much is coming so you are your greatest prophet you must prophesy on your life we gotta save the future by saving our present we gotta save our great-grandchildren by saving our children it may not happen here but it's going to happen in my lifetime i believe if rubbish happened in a previous generation it ends with me i'm going to the enemy's camp and my enemy will feed me a better day is coming in your life a better moment is breaking through for your life here comes your miracle here comes your miracle bishop tudor bismarck is coming to praise church of new orleans june 29th 30th and july 1st 7 p.m nightly Visit praisechurchoflouisiana.com for additional information.
bigger than your enemies. He's bigger than your challenges. He's bigger than your struggles. He's bigger than your sickness in your body. And he's about to prove himself again and again and again. Your favor is connected to some unfinished business. Your calling is connected to some unfinished business. You are emerging in a time where everything you need is already there.
Amen. I enjoy that. Did you? One nation under praise. And I was watching that back row back here. They had it going on, man. That's good. We need to celebrate our children. Amen. And uh, tell them how good they did when you see them. Awesome. Brag on them a little bit. Well, it's a good day. Amen. Word says this is the day the Lord's made. And I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. Amen. And I believe all of us are going to be glad in the service tonight. You know, one thing, one thing, one of, one of my favorite passages in the Word of God is a story about the woman with the issue of blood. And she said within herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be made whole. There was a lot going on, a lot taking place, but she predetermined what she was going to receive. And when she touched Jesus, touched his garment, he turned around not knowing who it was and said, who touched me? And the disciples were coming back and saying, man, all these people are thronging you. And you're saying, who touched you? But, but something came out of him, which tells us that we have the power within us to pull things out of people. You ever, you ever wonder this? Have you ever been around a hospital or you've been around people that were in the stage of passing on? How until the family comes together and says, we need to turn mama loose, we need to turn daddy loose, they hang on. You and I have the ability to hold somebody from going into eternity. Now, if you take that and you begin to look at it, the power that we have that we really don't understand and don't know what we have until you start reading the word and start understanding how that we can place a demand on the anointing of God, on a man or woman of God that has come to minister. And tonight, I, I want all of us in here, I don't want you to be distracted with anything. I want you to be focused on what God has for you. For every one of us in here, there may be something different that we receive, but it's what you need. I want you to leave this place today with everything that you need in your soul to make a change in your life. Now, you can sit there and try to fill out your checkbook and balance your checkbook and all that stuff, and you're going to miss out on what God has for you tonight if, you, if you're distracted by other things. Discipline yourself and begin to focus. Amen? And, let's, and I'm not being disrespectful with this at all, but let's push Bishop. Let's push him into another dimension tonight that he can pull out of that dimension what we need in our own personal life so when we leave, we have what we have come for. That makes sense? Why don't you give a good New Orleans welcome to Bishop Tudor Bismarck as he comes to minister to us tonight. Amen. Come on, come on. I'm going to turn that keyboard on. Maybe hit that keyboard on up there, brother. Thank you. Sam, it's good to see you. Good to see everybody this evening. Amen. 
please be seated if you can. Thank you for being here tonight to Pastor Colin Bilbo and his lovely spicy wife, Miss Beverly. So love being around Miss Bev, honestly. Uh, not just a woman of faith, but so very optimistic and loving and kind. You guys are so amazing. And to your amazing family, Josh, Beth, and boys, and to the leaders, Erica, Derek, God bless you. And to all the leaders that are here this evening, thank you so much for being here. I am traveling with Dreen. Uh, before he comes and says something, let me just greet the Ortez bunch from Texas. Thank you for coming. Come, just say good morning, say hi. Tell them I'm tired. Tell them anything. Tell them we'll get a new president if they want. Why? Tell them we'll get a new president. Evening, everybody. I, I don't hold the mic at, at home, so he's doing this on purpose to tease me, and he's getting away with it, which is fine. He'll pay for it later. Uh, <laughs> but it's been an absolute pleasure to be um, with family. Um, the Bobos are... You're a weird family. Whoops, sorry. You're a weird family because um, you like punishment. You like punishment. You've been through the fire and the flood and you came back for more. And your kids are the same. <laughs> Brandon lost his hair. But, but um, I'm, I'm growing up a lot, sir, in the season in my life. And in my own struggles, God said to me, you know, he said, there are certain people I trust with long suffering. It's not about you. It's the testimony you have to tell. And so I'm learning not to take my suffering personally anymore. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. I pray in your lifetime you see the glory. Holy Spirit, bless this family. Bless this family. In Jesus' name, amen. Revivals are preceded by surrender. And so I surrender all. I surrender all. All to the If you don't pay your tithes, this one is for you. I surrender 10%.
Don't say all, say 10%. All People want to give all, they can't give 10%. Amen. So good to be in the presence of the Lord today. Amen. Tonight's message is revival, the reset button. The reset button. Acts 3 verse 19. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. To everyone watching around the world, live streaming, welcome to our third night of revivals. Uh, we had praise, and uh, we pray that you will be blessed this evening. <clears throat> Acts chapter number 3, starting from verse 19. Zechariah chapter 14, verse number 6. Zechariah 14, verse 6, and then we'll kind of maneuver in and out here. Uh, God moves in specific and particular ways. My very strong view is that everything in the universe works with mathematics. It's all mathematically calculated. You know, if you stumble, uh, and uh, you delayed by five seconds. Isn't it amazing that you'll meet somebody you would not have normally seen uh, because they would have left Walgreens and you would not have seen them if you'd not stumbled. And so that's a person you, you needed to see. And so on and so forth. Everything is calculated and worked out. Everything is maths. Faith is maths. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. That's maths. And uh, your days on earth, maths. The hair on your head's numbered. For me, it's less maths, but they, they numbered. And, uh, and so <clears throat> everything in the universe is significant, and God moves in deliberate and in specific ways. Tonight's not an accident. It was planned from before the world began. And so what is the plan for this service? Hopefully, we can tap into a lot of that. Repent you, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When the times, times of refreshing shall come. Okay? Not the times of refreshing have come, shall come. So there's something else coming from the presence of the Lord. So the refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. And in his presence is fullness of joy. And Moses said, I'm not going a step further until I have your presence. And God made sure that he got that presence. Verse 20, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. So Jesus is going to manifest Somewhere in the future, he's here, he said, but there is coming a serious manifestation of Jesus. So the presence of the Lord will bring refreshing. Jesus 
Christ. He will send Jesus Christ before. And then verse number 21, excuse me, key verse. Whom the heavens must receive or hold until the times of the restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. began. Whom the heavens must receive until the times of the restitution of all things. Zechariah 14, verse 6. King James. <clears throat> and it shall come to pass in that day, that's coming, that the light shall be clear nor dark, twilight. So the day is changing. It's not, uh, it's not night, it's not day, it's twilight. But it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time, at evening time, it shall be light. Not there shall be light, it shall be light. And it shall be that, it shall be in that day that the living water shall go from Jerusalem, and so on and so forth. Verse 9, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord and his name one. Wow. Father, add a blessing to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we've been chatting for an hour, a night at least, on the subject of revival. <clears throat> and what that means, it means something that was dead is revived again. Something that had a flicker of hope or uh, a flicker of life is being restored to life, but life more abundantly. And so for some reason, there is a conversation in the heavens concerning this meeting and revival that is eminent, that God wants to release. It's always been his intention to release revival. And so we've discovered in, in certain places that uh, when the people are ready, God is not there uh, because it's not time for an outpouring. And then there's a time when God is not available and the people are not available. And the Bible calls it a brass heaven and an iron earth. Then there's time when God is ready, but the people are not ready. See? And then the best category is when both are, when God is ready and the people are ready, and where that synergy hits, there's an explosion of God's power. And when that happens, there is nothing that can stop any entity in the earth for God's world being performed. And so uh, everything that is moving so fast in different expressions on the globe, in, in different continents, is all racing towards this uh, inevitable uh, culminization and solemnization of an outpouring of God's uh, uh, favor through revival. I'd mentioned uh, every night, and this will be no exception, is that quite concerned at the belligerence, the bodacity, the audacious position of the demonic world, how he's really pushed the envelope. 
I mean, really, really, is gone right, right to the edge, you know, to see if there's any good man or good woman that's going to say, we've had enough. And I think we're now at, at the tipping point where globally, globally, we are just saying we've had enough. Just like we've had enough. And, uh, you know, it's tanetted with this. We, we're done with this now, and now it's time to dig in, and it's time to do an Ephesians chapter number 6, 10, 11, 12 uh, in action. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, knowing that uh, our adversary is a, a wicked spirit, and he has many wiles and tricks, but we are not ignorant of those. So therefore, more so than reading in a book or quoting the scripture or taking on a genre of a spiritual warfare prototype or posture, we are now literally uh, dealing with principalities and powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, peace at Ephesus, all kinds of demonic manifestations, wherever they might be. Not because we're just sick of their manifestation, we're making a, a, a power play for the Spirit of God to come. Amen. It's a power play. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a power play. God is the master of the power play. He'll, he'll hide strength in weakness. He'll, he'll hide it there, and it will be right in your very presence. Uh, the, 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 the deliverer will be running in your bedroom, running between your legs, uh, running in the, in the living room, uh, running in the dining area, will be where... Uh, you having your meeting, Pharaoh, with all your wazirs and all of your statesmen and all of your military men. And there's this little, uh, a handsome little Hebrew kid that uh, is just running there in the palace and in all the place. And you just love this kid. But this is the kid that's bringing the whole thing down. Because God has a very, very strange way of planting his revival and deliverance right up the devil's nose. I will settle for that body part at this part of the service, right up the devil's nose. And you get to even enjoy Moses being there. And, and uh, after 20 years, when he's not showing up for dinner, you actually, we're not eating until Moses comes. Yeah, because you've got to feed the person that's going to knock your head off. And so right now, God has been positioning all of his spiritual ninjas in the right place that are under the shadow, under the, the uh, 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 just, just, what's the word, Dream? Just under the radar, amen, military person there. Just under the radar, a uh, UFO person rather. <laughs> Just under the radar so, so that when the devil tries to make a, 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 like a fight for it, it's too late. We're there already. Our weapons are in place. Our prayers are in place. Our people are in place. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, and I know you'll be in place. Oh, yeah, baby, I know you'll be in place. And so I'm going to start this lesson uh, with a little, little cuss story and then into two Bible types and then Sam will come and help us push a little and then we want to push into the New Testament and all along we're going to be saying, Father, reset the button. Reset, reset. Reset the button. It's a giant reset that's coming. And so some years ago I got to the very wonderful, unique privilege of meeting the Osteens. Uh, I met Brother Osteen at Triumph Church, Randy and Renee Clark. They used to have their conferences there. And they'd have a pageant every now and then, and Brother Osteen would come out 
and watch that. So I got to meet him there. His, his assistant, executive assistant, was a lady by the name of Lois Godwin. And Lois uh, uh, loved, uh, they were very good friends again with Rand and Ray, but uh, Lois got to hear me speak several times because uh, I would do like the, uh, the blood nose sections, you know, like uh, after lunch in July weather, uh, and uh, which was fine. It was a privilege to get a chance to speak on anybody's platform. And so she'd kind of stay behind and listen and so on. And uh, she began to share some of my style and where I was from with Brother Austin who loved missions. And, and so he then asked me to come see him a couple of times. I did. And uh, he was sharing a couple of stories with me. He shared with me about how Lakewood began and that whole thing about the Baptist sign being blown off and Lakewood stayed up and how he was rejected and how he went to Indian. The music uh, uh, of revival in his ear was for Houston and how they began. Uh, Docker Road, I believe it was, in the most unlikely part or suburb of the city of Houston and how the revival really began there and the church began to grow. And he told me how to share, uh, how to distribute and uh, apportion our finances always because of what's coming. God always has a next step revival and, and generally saved money helps the push for that next step revival. So we've always been aware of that. And uh, then he also shared a story with me that one season at Lakewood and uh, so something began to move deep in the root and in the foundation of Lakewood Church, there was a Hispanic lady that started attending there, uh, and she was manifesting what was called a sign and a wonder. And every now and then, you get to see some of those. Uh, and and this sign and wonder on her life, it wasn't it wasn't like a, a miracles or anything like that, but it would be in a category of that, where at a certain time in a service when the anointing would start getting so thick that her right hand would start dripping with oil. Just, just dripping with oil. And, uh, but that oil was so strong, so poignant, that uh, if when they, they would line up people and when she'd pray for you or when she'd pray on your cloth, uh, that cloth or your clothes and then your wardrobe of clothes at home would have that phenomenal aroma for as long as a week. And so uh, Triumph, Iowa, Covenant Church from Dallas had taken a number of buses down because Brother Austin called Mike Hayes and said, Mike, you've got to come and experience this. This is definitely an end time sign and wonder. And they came into this meeting, and Lakewood is a massive church, as you appreciate, and they had like preferential seating, so this lady was in the green room so they went back to Gonmita, you know, and uh, even then their clothes began to get that aroma on the clothes, came into the service, then the oil starts pouring. And she's praying for me, just dripping off her hands. Anointing hits, the oil starts pouring. And so prayed for the hazes and many of the people there, and people started falling out. They couldn't even get in the bus, and they falling out. So on the other side of Huntsville, they had to stop because the driver was not a believer. He was just a bus driver, you know. I don't know which hound he was, but uh, <laughs> he like stopped at Huntsville, man. Couldn't breathe. This, this uh, 
stuff was all over his clothes. And uh, uh, he needed to go get a chain shirt from his duffel bag at the bottom there. Opens this bad boy, and that whole thing is smelling of this aroma. Puts on this shirt. It's even stronger on there. And he's like, who are y'all? And they prayed for that man. He gets saved right there, speaking in tongues all the way into Dallas. But, but what, what Mike said later, Pastor Mike Hay said later, that when they got into their car and they got home, for over a week, their car was smelling of that fragrance. The stuff in their house was like of that. And then people came to visit, and what was in the house came on them, and they said, what is this? And it was a revival. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Can you feel that anointing? It was a revival that came to that place, man. And so I asked, well, what happened to the lady? Well, something happened. Somebody got a, got a year about it and persuaded her off Brother Osteen's radar on the side in some hotel to start doing television appearances and start tapping that oil into bottles and selling it. And, and God said, see her. And I have no idea where she is. And, and so the point here is commercializing what God does is always extremely dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. But when God moves into a place and he wants to do a new thing, we have to be ready and we have to be willing. Shout, Lord, set the rebutton. Oh, reset that button just in me. Just reset it. Anything I've heard about revival, anything I've read about revival, anything that was whistled about revival, just bring it to memory. Reset that and take me in a time machine back just to feel what Smith Wigglesworth had. And, 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 and if that's not enough, just transport me into the future and just give me a 10-second vision of what you're going to do somewhere just to encourage me in the midst of the hell that we're experiencing here on July 1, 2022. Amen. Everybody shout, reset. reset. I believe that this entire congregation and perhaps a load of people watching are ready for a, a reset. We are so hungry. We are tired of mundane, rudimentary church. I'll take that if there's nothing, but I know there's more. Oh, yeah, I know there's more. Don't tell me you've got such a big kitchen, God, and all you can do is gumbo. My goodness, I'm surely you got a steak back there and a duck back there. I'm sure you got some alligator grilled out there. Or I'm sure you got you got a massive kitchen and all you got is gumbo. Are you kidding me? There's all kinds of things we can brew up back in that kitchen. And and the kitchen in heaven has been cooking up a storm for a long time. And right now, there are people that have been bidden to this dinner. We are dressing for this dinner. And I'm telling you, when the HD starts moving, every reset button is going to manifest the glory and the power of the mighty God. Give someone a high five and say, there's six more coming. Six more coming. I realized I had a, 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 something in my life. It was like an accident, really. Uh, I wasn't really looking for it. In many of the uh, conferences I was doing, I noticed that certain times uh, during certain conferences, I always thought maybe, because I, I don't do lotion too well. You know, I'm not a lotion guy. 
I don't like to put stuff on my body and stuff. Uh, but I noticed certain times that my right hand would get extremely oily. And I thought to myself, you know, this is unusual. You know, maybe my body's just telling me I need to grease myself, you know. <laughs> and then I began to watch the trait. This was during uh, conferences. Then I began to know that God wants to heal. God wants to heal. Because my hand would get oily. And my towel would get oily. And there'd be so many healings. And then there were other times uh, I would uh, sort of like come out of the shower, dress up. And as I'm getting ready to go, on my hand, especially my right hand, I'd have like little fragments, uh, mini little, uh, not microscopic visible, but gold dust, a lot of gold dust. And I knew tonight is going to be breaking poverty. It's the spirit of prosperity that God is commanding us to be in health and to prosper even as our soul prospers. And I've learned throughout the years that parts of my body, when I'm in pain, I'm actually not in pain, that God is teaching me bodily intercession because the church I'm visiting has a particular need. Allow me to work this out just a little. So, so, so if I have a headache, which I don't normally get, if I have a headache, it means that there are headship problems. So the other day, Dream's eye was sore and my eye sockets were sore. And so the church we went to, I then realized the, the leadership had a vision problem. Wow. A couple of days later, this, I said, Dream, my left, my right ear is so sore. And when I got there, I then realized that the church had a hearing problem. Because as soon as we were done, I was fine. I was absolutely fine, you know. And so since I've been here, I mean, I've been running every day. It's perfect to run. But every morning before I run, my back has been sore right here. And I'm not really a back kind of a sore person, you know. I've got dream to do the heavy lifting on this trip. But I'm like, why is my back sore? Why did I lift? And of course, I go back to bodily intercession. This area here is the support for, for the ab upper abdominal and basically the lower part of your body, which is your mobility and the reproductive system. So the back then, if you have back trouble, a lot of the time, go and have a doctor check it out. But a lot of the time, as a spiritual person, as intercessors sitting here armed and dangerous, when you have a back problem, it's bodily intercession because there is a financial challenge. The back is prosperity. The back is prosperity. And I went to Tanzania. I was like bending down like this. You need a wheelchair? I'm like, no, I'm fine, man. I'm fine. I'm really, really fine. Are you sure you need a wheelchair? No, I'm fine. And I'm telling you the stuff that broke over the heavens in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania. And uh, in the middle of that whole deal, I was running again. Be because something snapped that night. And there must have been 250,000 people in that crowd. And when it snapped, people started running and throwing money on the platform. It was over one hour. There was money, there's clothing, uh, uh, watches, cell phones, you name it. One person said to me, can I sew my child? I said, no, I sew your child back to you. <laughs> We're not sewing child. We're not taking wives, amen. <laughs> you guys been shopping at wives' house. Just go trade in there, hallelujah. Just making a joke, amen. And so uh, uh, 
we get to learn a little bit along the way of what God is doing. And I'm saying to the Lord, can't you just tell me without, you know, beating me up, you know? <laughs> and so uh, he then explained to me, which I hadn't read before, understood why Phineas and Hophni were judged severely because the, 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 the congregation would come to the, the tabernacle, which was the courtyard. Even said the courtyard. Boring. Everyone say the courtyard. courtyard. The courtyard. In the courtyard was the gate, the altar, the brazen altar for repentance, and then the lava made of beaten brass or what they called the looking glasses for the women. It was a beaten work. It was a beaten work. So when you come to the altar of incense, you have to repent. You have to repent. Repentance begins at the house of God. I don't really embrace dry-eyed repentance. Sometimes dry-eyed repentance is just, I got caught. But, but true conviction of the Holy Ghost that will cut your heart in your soul and put you on the floor, that's repentance. And you throw yourself at the horns of that altar and, and die to self at that altar. And then you come to the brazen lever and you beat your will into submission as you go down in baptism and be raised up in newness of life. Amen. You go down an old Adam. You come up a new man, the Christ. You go back with the traits of the flesh. You come up with the Holy Ghost and with the fruit of the Spirit trying to make expression in your life. Then when you come into the holy place, the first thing you'll see is the church. Because everybody needs the church. The seven candlesticks, that's the church. And Jesus is standing in the midst of the church that he built. Seven candlesticks, a candlestick for each, each day of the week. Church is Monday through Sunday. Amen. We do Sunday because it's convenient, but you can have church on Monday and throw down on Monday. And you can go fishing on Sunday. The AG will show up when you're ready, anytime, anywhere. He's ready when you're ready. The next thing you'll see is the foundation of the church, which are 12 loaves of bread which are the 12 apostles with their unique revelation. And we are supposed to partake from that revelation on a daily basis because God has what he calls preceding word. Man does not live by. So they were eating bread, but that's not what they were eating. The bread was the preceding word of God for the day. And so what would happen is that Phineas and Hophni would come to the altar where people's sacrifices were on the, on the altar. And they had to take flesh hooks. Everyone say a flesh hook. Flesh hook. Say that with passion. Flesh so they take a flesh hook and put it into the altar and jerk off. And that was meat for them to eat. Now, the, before they ate the meat... As they jerked the meat off, they had to examine the portion of the carcass that meat came from. And so if that piece of meat, for example, was a shoulder, they knew as priests this family has issues with government because the government is on their shoulders. If it was uh, from the uh, right 
uh, sort of leg of the animal, or left leg, it was a building problem, or it was a mobility problem, or it was a hygienic problem, it was the kidney. And so they then knew how to intercede so they would taste and see what the problem was. Amen. That, that's, what, that's why the flesh hooks were there. And so Phineas and Hophni could not legitimately uh, intercede for the needs of the people because they were manipulating the prayers of the saints, manipulating the offerings of the saints, and God judged them severely. Amen. And so, and so in bodily intercession, when you begin to feel that you must obey, because not only are you saving lives, but you are literally uh, bringing in a breach in the system of the enemy, and you're widening that so that the troops of the Lord and the oil of the Holy Spirit can get through to a place that's really, really needed. I need 2,000 amens. Amen. And so, so then into the holiest of holies, and God would go crazy and ballistic and grant everything that Israel needed in a moment. And so with, with, with that particular style of what God was doing, he would do unique things, just totally unique things just to bless Israel. And they lived in an environment Regardless of the fact that they ticked God off so many times, they lived in an environment that was totally miraculous. Clothes, food, water, shoes, light, air conditioning. They had it all. And, and he fought their battles for all those years. And they still hated his guts. And they couldn't uh, believe him. They couldn't possess the promised land because they had all this stuff given. It didn't produce faith. They never earned anything. And when you don't have to earn anything, it can't produce faith. Amen. Your trial of your faith worketh patience, that patience may have its perfect work and entire, that you might be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And if any man lacks in that area, let him ask God in wisdom, and it will be given to you liberally. And so everything then has to be a work of faith, and, and it pleases God to do that. And so... so uh, we come now to the Ark of the Covenant. Everyone say the Ark of the Covenant. So as you leave the courtyard, please say courtyard. courtyard. Holy, place. holy place. Three things in the holy place. Candlesticks, table of showbread, altar of incense stood about this tall. And this was incense that was applied five, three, two times a day in the morning and in the evening. The incense was made of five things. It was stacty. Uh, Golbenum, onachar, frankincense, and salt. Three of those were found under the ocean, uh, which were very difficult to get. The divers to get the stacti and the onachar uh, would actually put their lives in jeopardy because any form of decent praise and worship that will give you total access to God, your life has to be on the line. If, if you are... If you are in jail at midnight with your partner Silas, amen, and you offer a sweet, smelling, savory praise and worship to the Lord, I don't care what jail they built for you. You come in out of jail. I don't care what sickness uh, the, the demonic spirits from Egypt place on you, you're going to be healed. I don't care what politician Herod throws you in the back of the jail and puts you in stocks. You kind of out of jail and angels are making get smart days, uh, doors just slide open and you're walking through. Amen. 
And so sometimes when you are afflicted, God wants a certain kind of praise from you to deliver you. Where it will take you 10 years of consecutive praise to get this door open. One moment of affliction and a deep, oh God, I'm hurting, will open those doors. Amen. So as Dream was saying, it is an honor to suffer. It's a privilege. And so let's look at uh, uh, coming beyond the altar. You now come to the veil. Everyone say the veil. Say the veil. The veil is interesting and there are many, many thoughts and ideas with reference to the veil, but let me render this one. Some say the veil was one piece of cloth that several oxen trying to pull against it couldn't rub it apart. That could be true and possibly was. Uh, but I, I tend to feel some of my research, uh, the veil was actually layered cloth. And so uh, when the high priest once a year with blood on the Day of Atonement, the Feast of Yom Kippur, was coming to the veil, he had a rope around his, around his waist so that if he died in there, nobody was allowed to go back there, they would drag him out. The reason they knew he was still alive was because of the bells on his garment that was still tinkling, which was basically a tinkling sound, but it was evidence of witness because God joined together a number of things, man and wife, husband and wife, night and day. God also joined together tithes and offering, offerings, prayer and fasting, and uh, faith and works. But he joined together the bell and the pomegranate, which is fruit and witness. So the woman of the issue of blood, went, what she did was, the reason she wanted the hem of his garment, she wanted to touch the pomegranate. Because if she touched the pomegranate, she would have been made fruitful. And when she touched the fruitfulness of Jesus... There was no need for him to touch her. There was an impartation of total fruitfulness. Amen. And so, so, and so uh, coming to the veil now, I believe it was layered cloth. And, and so when the writer said in, in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he was actually going through the valley of the shadow of death, because this is the place of no return. You come to this veil, and you are unrighteous, unclean, you're going to die there. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then you're in a totally dark room, totally dark, dark, dark. Apply the blood, God's glory comes down, or his wrath turns that blood into Shekinah. God's judging three things in the tabernacle. The first thing is judging is Aaron's rod that budded. Say that, Aaron's rod that budded. The second thing is judging is a golden pot of manna. Say a golden pot of manna. And the third thing is judging are the tables of stone which the law was written. Now the reason for those three things, Aaron's rod represented God's man. The day Aaron was presented as God's man, the people rejected God's man. They said, this is not God's man. The day God gave them manna, they rejected the supply. They said, this ain't food. Where's the Cajun spice? This ain't food. They rejected God's provision. And then when they were given the law, they rejected God's law. And so that's the story of man. It's the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's the lust of the flesh. It's, uh, it's sin, 
it's, it's the LSD. It's lust, sin, and death. And so those three find themselves locked away in the dark, and, and, but still a nemesis to the children of Israel. And so now, when the blood is applied, the people then accept God's man. And they accept God's provision. And they accept uh, 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 God's man, God's provision, and God's law. But that's only for a short while. So when Jesus comes, he comes as the rod of Aaron. He comes as the rod of Jesse. Uh, chapter number 12 of the book of, uh, of, of Isaiah. He's the rod of Jesse. He is the leading part of the totem from the tribe of Judah. He is the praiser that Leah called, I will name him praise. He's, Judah is born uh, as the fourth son. So in the fourth day, which is the 4,000th year, Judah, praise is going to usher in the actual Messiah, the rod of Jesse. And so the rod of Jesse comes, Jesus comes. He declares, I am the bread of life. I am provision. And then he says, I bring you a new commandment, which is the law. It's not going to be written on stone. That's why your hearts have to be a heart of flesh. You can't have a stony heart. Because when you have a heart of flesh, then God will write his law on your heart. And that is, thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is like the other, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. John said, you can't love God whom you can't see if you can't love your neighbor who you can see. So turn to three people say, I love you, man. Bethany's out. Don't say to Beth. No, no, you can't say that. You can't say that on the show. You've got to find somebody. Say, I love you, man. Oh, man, I love you, man. I'm forced to love you. Amen. I don't know why, but I have to love you. Amen. I have to love you. Why are you sitting by yourself? We really love you. We really, really love you. It is well. I'm going somewhere with this cup presentation. And so when Jesus comes, the stage is now set for what the prophet said would happen. He comes he sheds his blood in a brutal death. It's actually a crime the way they killed. It was a murder. They murdered the Messiah. And to try to get rid of that, they tried to just push it under the, the, the rug, as it were. And he's thrown in the tomb. Arimathea gives him a brand new one. Jesus comes out with a jet rocket, man. And the angels announce the same two that are the feature all the way through the scripture, the same two. And it's Michael and Gabriel again. From the beginning, they leave a sentry at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You stay there. Then they appear. Here's Michael and Gabriel with God visiting with Abraham. And here they are in Genesis 18 going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And here they are talking to Lot. And here they are all through the ages marching through. And here's Michael killing uh, uh, 185,000 Assyrian troops. And I mean, on and on and on, Gabriel sitting and talking to Gideon. They're just there, just appearing God's emissaries. The one is the minister of information in heaven. The other is ministry of defense. And they are carrying out God's duties. So now when it's time for God's information to be dispensed, Gabriel, as the minister of information, goes to Elizabeth, to Zechariah, to Mary, and in a dream to Joseph. 
And then when it's time for war, chapter number 10, verse 17 of the book of Luke, I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. That's Michael now in action. And so these are always there. So when Jesus rose from the dead, Mike and Gabe are sitting on the stone and saying, don't look for him amongst the dead. He's amongst the living. He's alive and well. This Jesus of Nazareth, what he said he would do, he's risen from the dead. And he's somewhere doing whatever he's doing for 40 days and nights, teaching his disciples many infallible truths concerning the kingdom, Acts chapter number 1, verse 3. And uh, reminded them, go to Jerusalem until you get power from on high, which they do. And chapter 2, 1, when the day of Pentecost was fully come of Acts, they were in one place in one accord, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, full the house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now they were in Jerusalem, devout men from everywhere, and looked at these men and said, these men are drunk. Peter with the eleven stood up and said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that that was spoken about by Joel, the prophet in Joel 2.28, that in the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So these Pentecostals are going crazy and falling and acting drunk. This is the Holy Ghost. This is not a process of going through courtyard one, courtyard two, courtyard three. What the Holy Ghost has done this morning, he's gone through your living courtyard, your flesh, which is the outer court, your soul, which is the holy place, your spirit, which is the holiest of holies. He's gone right into the holiest of holies, and he's touched you in your heart where you rejected God's man. Now you've accepted God's man. You've accepted his provision. You've accepted his law. It's on your heart. And when they were in that perfect place, they were ready for the promise of the Father. The gift of the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance, and 3,000 were added to the church that day. Because the people said, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to them who have called, to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Shout the promise is mine. The promise is mine. Shout the promise is mine. Come on, reset the button. The promise is mine. The promise is mine. The promise is mine. I'm not leaving here tonight without that promise. God right here in the city of Baton Rouge, New Orleans, reset the button, the promise is mine. I can feel the power of the Holy Ghost sitting on me, reset the button. Oh yes. Sometimes you might be like a... Uh, your apostle and leader, uh, Garland, and maybe Pastor Bear, I think she's a bit better, try, trying to figure out your, your, your urgent, your machine. And, and uh, uh, for me, I, I, I don't know how to work this, but the twins work it so well. And they just like, look how, how, how Junior's working with the phone there. What, what's he watching, Coco Melon or something? I don't know. We don't talk about, about Bruno. I'm not sure what he's watching. But, but they, they're going through all that stuff so quickly. And so every now and then when my phone's going crazy, 
they tell me just hit the reset button. And it's like this button here, the on-off button, and one of the sound buttons, you press it, and then a reset button comes. And for something really simple, I just have to press a reset button. So turn to somebody who looks like they don't know, say, please help me find the reset button. I've been a Christian for so long and I've never left the church and I've had no intention ever of backsliding. But every now and then when I begin to vacillate and get into a condition of spiritual vegetativeness, I'm going to need someone to help me find a reset button. And it might be a song in a service. It might be a prayer in a prayer meeting. It could be a testimony by an 85-year-old lady. It could be a new convert that just got saved on a street corner. Or it could be God quickening my spirit in a revival service. The third night of three nights where God wants to reset something in Tudor's life to take me down memory lane and remind me what I had back then and that I can have it again with interest added. So, Lord, I'm asking you if there's one thing you can do for me tonight, press my reset button. I want it all. I want the power of the Holy Ghost. I want it all. I want speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. I want it all. I want miracles, signs, and wonders. I said I want it all. I want to shake like a fish and flop like a cop. I want it all. I want to move like a tree, moved by hurricane winds. I want to be rippling like the like Lake Pontchartrain that's uncertain. Oh yes, I want to be like Shaka Khan who put a finger in the electric thing and her hair went crazy. Oh yes, I want to be like little Richie who took something and I'm so jittery now, I don't even know who I is. But God, I want it all. I want to be like in a car. That's like a Formula One car. I want to press on the gas and I want G-forces to leave me way behind while I'm going forward. Holy Ghost, I want it all. Whatever you want to give in the world today, start here in New Orleans. Pour out your spirit like Joel said would happen like Peter experienced and like Peter said was going to happen. Sisters and brothers, these are the last days. So any moment, any time, anywhere, any place, even tonight, it could be up in here where the HG will come and sit on you. Say, Holy Spirit, sit on me. Say, Holy Spirit, sit on me. 
And the Bible says the Holy Ghost sat on each of them. Say, Holy Spirit, sit on me. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, the Holy Ghost wants to sit on you. Say, the Holy Ghost wants to sit on you. Stay at E flat. The Holy Ghost wants to sit on you. Holy Ghost, ask him, ask him. Say, Holy Ghost, sit on me. Sit on my mind. Sit on my will. Sit on my emotions. Sit on my finance. Sit on my church. Sit on my ministry. Ah, Holy Ghost, sit on me. Turn to a lady, say the HG is about to sit on you. If you want to scream, scream. Run, run, jump, jump, clap, clap, roll, roll. Tonight is the Holy Ghost and fire. Someone's got to say yes. Give someone a high five. Say it's on tonight. The Holy Ghost is coming here to transact some business. He doesn't want to give you a good feeling, but there's a business transaction that's about to take place in this building tonight. The Holy Ghost is about to sit on me. I want about a hundred women to clap your hands like you believe. Come on, brothers. Don't let the ladies leave us by ourselves. I got a feeling something coming down. Hallelujah. I said, a hallelujah. I said, praise the Lord. Oh, give him praise, somebody. Now I know why you're sitting by yourself. Amen. You're like dangerous. You hurt someone. Praise God. Whoa. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I want to be like you. Amen. I love people like that, that they just sniff, just a little sniff of the Holy Ghost. Like, how come I shot? Oh, I want to sit next to someone like that. Amen. Amen. I, I could be spelling heaven. They, they just your H. They think it's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I got you, babe. I got you. Amen. So two classic revivals, both unprecedented in time and both unique in their own way, but both, I believe, will have a strong, uh, not just repercussions, but, but occurrences, because God doesn't do anything just to play with the man. The first one is the story of one of the greatest prophets of all time, his name is Jonah. And so God called Jonah and said, I, I have a message for you to take to Nineveh. And it's eight words, which is the number of new beginnings. Yes, yes. Yet 40 days 
and Nineveh shall be destroyed. And Jonah got mad. He said, I know you. If I go to Nineveh where it's a city filled with debauchery, illicit living, uh, sexual misconduct, drunkenness, you name the whole thing, Nineveh is the epicenter. What happens in Nineveh stays in Nineveh. <laughs> and Jonah says, I'm not going to Nineveh. They got gambling on every corner. They got stuff on every corner. I'm not going to Nineveh. They deserve the wrath of God. And so he got onto a ship and went in the opposite direction, incidentally to plant a seed uh, of, of doubt for Saul of Tarsus. So on his way there, uh, God says, you know, there are times that allow free moral agency. You're allowed to make a choice. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, you're allowed to make a choice. No, you are. You're allowed. You're allowed to say no. But God has such a wonderful way of, of, of making you say yes. <laughs> Look, you can say no all you want. He just has a sweet way of making you say yes. Yes, Lord. <laughs> so he's like, oh, this is the life. He's got his virgin pina colada there, maybe a virgin strawberry dacry. He's like my dacry, yeah, right. And he's like, with his sweet little, you know, uh, jopper umbrella, his cheap sandals just chillaxing there and just like, oh, this is the life. Amen. I'm a prophet making prophet. This is wonderful. It's great, man. Ah, oh, it's wonderful. And then suddenly it's like a little breeze. And he said, God, don't mess with me now. I mean, I served all these years for this. This is the cruise of my life. And a short story, really long. <laughs> a storm comes up. And Jonah says, it's me, it's me, it's me. And one guy, there's always somebody that knows it's, we knew it was you. We knew it was Aiken. We knew it was you. And so they're going to throw him overboard. And the Bible says God prepared a great fish for Jonah. And so Jonah into the ocean or the sea, and this fish swallowed him. And you know the story, went to the lower parts of the earth, all the way down there, and he had a world tour in a few days in a, in a deeply, highly compressed cabin. <laughs> Went all around the world, the same thing that Noah did, God sharing with Jonah, I, I need you to, to, to initiate my grace in the earth because if Nineveh goes, Ur is going, and they'll all start falling one after the other. And so when Jonah finally agrees, now, while he's down there, this fish is secreting acid. It's like hydrochloric acid and so on. And it's just a shh. And Jonah's in, comes right up the river. And when the doors open of this limousine, here comes this prophet as eccentric as ever with his hair peroxided. It's like blonde and green and blue. And he's like, shaka, he's like, oh. <laughs> He looks like Chappelle, man. It's like. <laughs> and 
Tarsus and Nineveh will be destroyed. So the people on the beach had never seen this before. The Bible says, I have not seen. The people on the beach, the fishermen had never seen this before. Shout, God is doing a new thing. Amen. It would take Jonah days to get on a camel Uber to get from where he was <laughs> to Nineveh. But God brought him in a limo. I mean, it's like a shiny black, you know, finish there. The doors open. And here comes Jonah. Yet 40 days and God's going to destroy Nineveh. And people said, we'd better listen. We've never seen a prophet arrive this way. Because the Bible says that they were killing prophets, but none of them arrived this way. And God has a way to bring you onto the set where people will listen. Oh, can I preach to you here? No matter how you're going to arrive, and no matter where you're going to arrive, when you get there, the stage will be set. All you have to do, Peter, is open your mouth and say, this is that that was spoken. And when you just mention the spoken word, God starts backing it up. And from the king, all the way down to the pet snakes and the pet fish, they went on a three-day fast. Nobody's eating any food and no one's drinking any water because we know that God is serious. And in just a few days, with an eight-word message, an entire city went into revival. Every single thing that was breathing, let everything that had breath praise the Lord. That's the only place in the New Testament where everything that had breath praised the Lord. From locusts to flies and fleas and snakes and snails and sheep and goats and cattle and camels and people and boys and girls. Everybody began to praise the Lord. And God was so pleased. He took off judgment from Nineveh and showered them with grace forevermore and planted them in the annals of history and said this great repentance will be used as a script in my son's message. He'll preach this on his messages when he's bringing man to salvation. Your deeds and your testimony will be a testimony for someone in the future. And so tonight is it important that the reset button is hit in your life for someone somewhere shout three times reset. Reset. reset give someone a high five say it's reset in the words of Bishop Jakes get ready get ready get ready get ready get ready the unexpected is here get ready what you hoped for is here get ready what you prayed for is here Get ready, your miracle is here. Get ready, the sleepless nights are over. Get ready, the pain is in the past. Get ready, the horizon is opening. Get ready, a spring is in your step. Reset. Reset. And God bless Nineveh. 
And God bless Nineveh. God bless Jonah. God bless the people. From the king all the way down, they were all blessed. Shout, we are all blessed. Amen and amen. Give someone a high five and say, we almost there. Seeing I have three minutes, let me breeze into Samaria in John chapter number five. Come on, Sam, let's go. You got to push me over the hill now. In John chapter number four, Jesus goes to Samaria. Mm, yes, and the Bible says he was weary from his journey. Sisters and brothers, his journey was not from Galilee, as the scripture said. Remember the previous night. Lionel Richie, he spent all night long with Nicodemus, who came as a secret disciple at midnight. And Nicodemus asked him a question. Uh, will you bring the kingdom of God and restore it again? How do I get the kingdom of God? And at midnight, Jesus said, you must be born again. Shall I answer, enter a second time into my mother's womb? Jesus said that which is flesh is flesh and spirit is spirit. You have to be born again of water and the spirit. And he continues to talk to Nick. And he comes to the most famous scripture of all time. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And Nick gets saved there. So it's all night. The next morning he marches to Samaria. He hadn't eaten all day and night. Gets to Samaria. The disciples go into Samaria to get oxtail curry, to get rudy and chapati, lamb curry. They go get some fried whatever, uh, grilled lamb kebabs. When they get back, they notice Jesus is talking to a woman. And uh, he says to them, I've already eaten because my food is not physical food. I gave this woman something to eat, something she needed in her spirit, not in her belly. And he told her, you're stuck on worship in a location, but the time is coming when neither Samaria or Jerusalem or any place shall be chosen as an epicenter for worship. For God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Father seeketh such to worship him. And that lady ran into Samaria and told them I found a real man. I've had five before, but this is a real man. He told me who I is. And the whole city 
came out to see him. Jesus preached. He was arrested. They crucified him. Hung him high. Buried him in a tomb. Threw away the key. Sealed the tomb. Three days later, he came out in victory. The angels announced him. The apostles received him. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven. A cloud of witnesses received him. Can I preach it now? Fifty days later, when it was fully come, the Holy Ghost fell with power. They spoke in tongues, passed it on to 3,000. In Acts chapter number 3, a man was healed, broke out a miracle working revival. In Acts chapter 4, they said, don't preach in the name of Jesus. They said, there's no name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Acts 5, they beat them and persecuted them. And they said, now Lord, behold their threats and grant unto thy servants with all boldness we might speak thy word. And the place they were assembled was shaken together. In Acts, in Acts 7, they began to persecute and beat the deacons. They killed Stephen. Philip picked up his four girls and raced to Samaria. And when he got to Samaria, the people with one accord gave heed to the things that Philip spoke. Verse number 6 hearing and seeing the miracles shout send the miracles shout send the miracles for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of them and many were taken crippled many that were lame were healed and there was great joy in the city the Holy Ghost was poured out on the city of Samaria. Jesus did the groundwork. The woman planted the seed. The Holy Ghost got the harvest. There's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. A reset button. Jesus on the well was the first outpouring, which was the former reign of the church. The type of Samaria in chapter 8 is the latter rain. That's the end time. He gave us a taste in Acts chapter number 1. Oh, in John chapter number 4 of what was coming. In Acts chapter number 8, he's telling us this is what you can expect in the 21st century. The Holy Ghost is coming in power and in strength. And so, all over the world, God is pressing in Nigeria, in Cameroon, in Cote d'Ivoire, in Ethiopia, Eritrea, Ukraine, in pockets in Russia, India, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Ceylon, all the way to Jakarta, 
in Indonesia, there's a church of 200,000 all the way into Australia, New Zealand, Samoa, Fiji, all over Europe and the South Americas. The Holy Ghost is pressing reset buttons and an awakening is taking place. In the end time, there shall be light. We are becoming enlightened as to what God has always wanted to do. Thank God for education and MBAs and PhDs. We need them all. But there's an awakening coming. A stirring in the belly of the church. A stirring in the belly of the fish. A stirring in the belly of the boat where Jesus has been sleeping across the lake. But suddenly someone's about to wake up. Wake up, Jesus. Wake up, Holy Ghost. Wake up, Abraham. Wake up, Jacob. Wake up, Moses. All of you sleeping, it's time to wake up. The Holy Ghost is pressing your reset button. Here comes revival. Reset in your life. I'm going to have church in my room. When I get to the room and tomorrow morning and for the rest of this month, I'm having church all by myself, uninterrupted. If I fall on the floor, there'll be no one to say that's so undignified. In fact, I'll be so undignified, I'll take off my clothes and worship God in my birthday suit, not worrying who's looking at me or who's judging me. It's time for me to have church in me. And when I'm in the overflow, I'm bringing it here. And when I come here in that overflow, baby, if you touch me, you're going to get electrocuted. You're going to be on the floor kicking. I'm full of the Holy Ghost and power. Feel me. Feel me till I want no more. Take me to a higher level till I'm overflowing. Let it come out of my pores. Let the oil of your salvation pour through me. Let the wine of your joy lift my soul. Let your battle axe remove the enemy. Let your word be night to me. Let your blood prepare and cleanse. Let your testimony judge the devil and move him. Let your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let your grace be sufficient to create a blessing for my life. It's time for the reset. Reset revival. Reset revival. Reset revival. Reset it. like the single girls want to show their left hand. Amen. Holy Ghost, help me. Holy Ghost, help me. Say that, Holy Ghost, help me.
Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not firing shots. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's not firing shots. How many at your LSU stadium in a big game? Over 100,000. Are they all sitting and saying, oh, how unfortunate, a touchdown. So generally, and again, Tendi never says not firing shots. Caucasian people crack me up. Because at a ball game, so Bud has a wise uh and they always got the wise guy in the middle who's usually the drunkest of the bunch. And the camera always finds that belly button shaking the world. And then they'll leave LSU and come here on Sunday. And just like... That devil is a liar. My God, you let me free. I'll bust a hole of my praise in this building. All of my strength. All of my strength. So, Holy Spirit. Stay standing. I was sitting at my computer. It was one of those old ones, you know that had the green arrow, that green screen, and uh, trying to make some notes. They used to have those thick discs, those big, yeah, that thing. I don't know how we, go. I don't know how they landed them, some rocket on the moon or the thing like that. Anyway, I'm sitting there, it's about nine in the evening, Saturday, and the Holy Spirit says to me, I want you to go preach for Derek Blair in Durban. So I said, well, don't tell me, tell him. So I phoned him. I said, hi, this is Tudor. He said, oh, Tudor, I haven't heard from, from you in such a long time. You must want something. So I'm saying to the Lord, and he's, he's like doing this to me. I said, you know, I really uh, feel strongly that I should come run a series of revivals for you Wednesday through Sunday. So he says, well, the Lord didn't speak to me about that, you know, so I'm saying to the Lord. And he's like going. So he says, uh, no, not Wednesday. You can do Friday night and Sunday morning. Sunday's from half past 10 to half past 11. And so the Lord's doing this. So I said, okay, I'll be there. On my way, I made a bad accident. That's another story. I got there on time, <clears throat> and uh, just a general service, and while I was speaking on the death, the burial, and the resurrection of a vision, the Lord said to me, you're going to be here for one month. So I said, I'm here. Don't tell me. Tell him. <laughs> and so that service was over. He said, I'll see you Sunday. Don't forget, half past 10 to half past 11, and we're done. I said, no problem. So the whole of Saturday, I did a fast and a prayer. I did a prayer walk throughout downtown Durban. Sunday morning, I came. 25 past 10, they gave me the service. He said, you got 20 minutes. And the Holy Spirit said, it's on. 
And so I preached on the weapons of warfare. And I started off with the lightning of God. I had barely introduced the subject when the power of God hit that place. I was the only one standing. The pastor was on the floor kicking. I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At 1.30, coming towards 2 o'clock, he finally got up and held my feet and said, Tudor, I'm so sorry. You know, what are you doing tonight? I said, I'm here. He said, can you have church tonight? I said, absolutely. So we had church that night. Phenomenal move of God. He said, what are you doing tomorrow night? I said, I'm here. Monday night, he said, what about Tuesday? I said, I'm here Wednesday. But by Tuesday now, when I'd agreed, that's when the power of miracles began and deliverances began and the revival began. And by Wednesday, he said to me, can you be here the rest of the week and Sunday? I said, absolutely. Sunday, he said, are you here the whole week? I said, I am for a solid month. I had to go home because it was Chi-Chi's birthday, the 11th of November. He said, don't go with your car. I'll fly you to Zimbabwe. It's like maybe 1,500 miles. I'll fly you to Zimbabwe. If you leave your car, then you'll come back and fetch your car. And so Chichi couldn't come because the boys were in school. I flew back. The revival picked straight up right there. And in the sixth week, I said, look, I have to go. I have a church to pastor. Firstly, I have a wife. I have sons uh, in school. We're coming up to exams and school holidays. You know, I can't be here. And so they brought another man my age, fiery preacher. And I left that day. And there was Monday, Tuesday, the guy preached. Wednesday, the man canceled the revival. He said, Lord, there's nothing here. I don't know what all the fuss is. And walked out the door and shut down a revival. But all kinds of things happened there. You know, it ended in a sad way. A man died in the altar, but that's another story. It was a phenomenal revival. And it was years of intercessory prayer, layered and layered. We don't know who's been praying. I have no idea what your mom does every day. But I can almost guarantee you, she's putting stuff in heaven. There's a couple of books I want to recommend for you if you've never read them. By the great Leonard Ravenhill. He's British now. Uh, he's late, I believe. Lived in Tyler, Texas for years. The first one is Revival God's Way. When you read Revival God's Way, you'll become an intercessor. Number two, why revival tarries. Number three, revival prayer. Number four, Sodom had no Bible. When I got those books, I'm telling you, I went to Tyler, Texas. I went to Tyler, Texas. And I went to Raven Hill's house. He wasn't there that day. And I could feel 45, 50 years of intercessory prayer hit me in my spirit. Join hands with the believer. A.W. Tozer, No Greater Love. That's a great book. Have you guys heard of the Sentinels? George Otis, transformation videos? I wish I had time. I wish I had another night. 
you got to watch the transformation videos, how South America, Central America was transformed. Just Google George Otis, the Sentinels, transformation videos. Have the whole church watch that. Who's never read uh, Piercing the Darkness and This Present Darkness, Piercing the Darkness? Highly recommended. We read that book in the late 80s, and it's now mandatory for our leaders when you can find it to read it. It'll help you set up for revival, and it's here. Thanksgiving is going to be something else around this place. Father, we have come. We've obeyed your word. This power couple have received us. They received the apostolic prophetic word. They received your intention expressed in simple words by a simple person in the best way possible. And it's been received. It's been received. It's in the core of the core of this church. And they really actually believe that the visitation that was promised for decades is now about to unfold. We, we discount all of the losses. We count that but down. What Katrina did, what Ida did, what other people did, we, we just throw that as a giant, a giant seed that's been planted. Now we await the harvest. And for Praise Church, we now position you in the fetal position to receive that harvest of, of significant revival, outpouring, great grace, great power. In Nigeria, in the 30s, there was a truck driver 
They were doing roads. His name was Joseph Babaloa. He just got off his truck because he needed to go ease himself. Uh, and the guys were wondering what happened to him because he was away for several hours. When he came back, he came back under the power of God. And his fear of anointing was so great. Some say it was in some times when he was very strong, would be like 10 miles in a circle. And when he'd be going from village to village, people would know he was on the way because demons would start screaming, people would start getting healed, and they knew that Joseph Babaloa was coming. And yes, God selected a man in his grace, but there's people just like that here. They're just a human being like he was. And God wants to select somebody here. Just an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. Father, collectively, from Ellie to Dream to Beth to Robbie, we all here to receive. Give us the wisdom to manage what you're giving. I pray for the safety of the Bilbo family, your protection, that there'll be no mischief around them, around their children, their grandchildren, around the leaders here, Bishop and Lady Tate, Bishop Cade, Robbie, all the leaders that have come, the Ortez bunch, that should bless all with great revival. Bless the great Sam with revival. Thank you for receiving us, guys. Thank you, amen. I'm here if I need to pray for anybody. you're well taught there's no reason to get into an explanation on why oil and how it works it's just it's a biblical instruction and James writing to the 12 tribes of Israel in his book says if there are any sick among you call for the elders of the church and the anointing of oil and the prayer of faith will save the sick and so oil is a stand in in a physical form of the invisible power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we apply the oil, we then attach our faith to what God's going to do through an act of obedience. It's through the act of obedience that activates faith. Because the word says use oil. And when you act on that, God says, I like that woman. She's taken a simple act of obedience. I went to a place one time, a young boy was very, very sick. 
the mom had no oil. I said, do you have Vaseline? No Vaseline. So I said, we need oil. And this was far from wherever. So I just went to my car, opened the engine, the bonnet, took that dipstick. I got some black stinky oil and I put a lot of it and smeared it over that kid. Whatever was on that kid left, it's the act of faith. The only way the devil can really hurt you, and there's many ways, but to really hurt you is through your children. And make a strong Louisiana man cry. They'll bring you to the ground. You got everything, the car, the girl, the sunset, the white horse. You got everything. Holidays. He's this kid, man. And he knows the minute you start getting hot and spiritual, he just turns up the heat. Make that kid sick. But the devil is a liar. And so is his mother-in-law. And so we're going to believe. And so just privately, you're going to put oil on that bed, on that pillow, baby. Don't put it in his food, but on his plate. And I put a pillowcase over his head and force a whole bottle of oil down his throat, man. But just gently, in his shower, in the car, wherever you can, where he steps, just put that there. And order the steps of a good man. And you claim the blessing of Obedidium, that this space is sanctified. This is sanctified. And Father, when our son steps out of this space, put angels around him. When they come in here, devil, you stand by the door. You don't come behind that door. You don't come into this bedroom. Amen. You smear that television with oil. Amen. Just maybe even cut the cable. I don't know. Jesus. And, and we are now in a fight for our kids. Father, we dedicate this oil for the use of miracle signs and wonders, in particular for the children in these respective homes. Devil, you will not take our children. We're not leaving a thing in Egypt. We're not leaving our wives, our husbands. We're not leaving our sons, our daughters. We're taking them with. We're not leaving our livestock. We're not leaving our clothes. We're not leaving our money. We're taking everything. In fact, we're taking our dirt with us. Devil, you can go to H-E double toothpicks. Amen. We claim our children. We take them back from the jaws of hell. And we declare a standard of righteousness in our home. We declare a standard of blessing in our home. A standard of healing in these homes. It's the commanded blessing. There will be no tears of pain, but tears of joy. Only tears of joy. We will come rejoicing, bearing our sheaves with us. Where's dream? Come help me here, dream. Come open this one here for me. This one for us, this one. Hannah thing and 
the awareness of that is like signing to struggle and suffer, but it's a privilege. It's a privilege. I've always said to the Lord, not at the expense of our children, but, but God is squeezing to extract the best out of you. You know, Layla, intercessor in Pensacola, she assembled a team. Susan Hatsy for Reinhard Bonke assembled a team. Our church has a team, and Richard Hurd's church has a team. And, and you're part of a very important deal to squeeze revival out of the atmosphere. Shanda Rabasanda. Your blessing is commanded. Every device of the enemy, we stand against it. Father, send high-ranking angels around this woman. All the disorder in her life, around her life, all the disorder, all the disorder with the extended family, we now create a path of order. Yes, where there's stench, the smell of roses, where there's a grave, a lily, a valley of lilies. Yandarabosaka, Yandrabatala, a path through the Red Sea, refreshing, refreshing from Gilead. Oh, there is a balm that's being released from Gilead in your life. Seven strokes, open your hand. Seven strokes. Let's see, seven weeks. Seven strokes. Seventh week. It's over in the name of Jesus. Oh! Oh! You're so gentle. You just look like a calm lady. Do you do jiu-jitsu? You just look like somebody that could break someone's neck if they make you mad. I'll show you how our women get mad. You know, Cheech is about this tall. He's about five one, five foot. And uh, generally used to be very quiet. And so one day, uh, some person started messing with Dreen and Jason. Chichi was like, you want some now? <laughs> and so that's what happened to King Saul in chapter number 10 of 1 Samuel. When, when the Philistines demanded that every Jewish soldier take out their right eye. Which meant that their judgment is impeded forever. And it made Saul so mad he came out of where he was and mobilized the army. You would have been just fine, quiet, but this thing is making you so mad. You're, you're about to go ghetto. It's like so ghetto. You're about to turn into a wild woman. Oh my God. Like a wild woman. And you're about to get even big time. You're gonna use this oil. You're gonna, in your reserved way, just get violent. Just go to outdoor, get yourself a camouflage suit and say, I declare war. There's war in this house. I start throwing oil. You're gonna clean it anyway. Just throw oil and say, you will not have this kid. You will not have this home. This is my territory. God gave us this place. It belongs to us. And tell the devil to get out. 
I've done that several times in our place. To get out. Devil, leave this family alone. Leave this man alone. Leave his wife alone. Leave their home alone. Leave their children alone. Leave that family alone. We bind every spirit. That spirit, we bind you. We rebuke you. We remove you. We send the word and heal. And we command peace in that home. Peace. Peace. We command peace. We command peace. We command peace. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Don't cry, baby. Get even. Amen. Turn into a wild woman. Before you have a serious prayer, drink a couple of red bulls and dragon and go crazy. Amen. Get my sister over there to come help you. Amen. She looks like she's wild too. Just tear up the place. Mark it with oil and salt and say, this is our home. This is our crew. Father, we pray for good sleep, good rest, good peace. Amen. What's your son's name? Chase. Come on, Chase. Come on, Chase. We got you. We got you. This humble church right here in New Orleans, we got you. Jesus' name. We're going to hear a wonderful testimony. We're going to hear a wonderful testimony. God bless you, Mom. Be blessed. Be healed. Be restored to health and strength in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Stretch to the right. and to Joshua, wherever you put your feet, I'm giving you. So north, east, west, and south, you come into a season according to your faith. God's going to give you all kinds of things. Where you put your feet, so probably you're looking at they saying no. Just go put your feet there. Take a stone. Put it in your house. Bring the stone to church. Just bring it to church. They're going to beg you to take that thing in Jesus' name. It is well. You've always lived below your privilege. And because you have such a temperament style, you've allowed that. That's done now. That is like done now. That's done now. You say yes to the wrong people. The answer is no. Just tell them, go get a life. Leave me alone in the name of Jesus. Renew your passport. It's time to travel in Jesus' name. It's time to travel. It's time to learn. It's time to learn. It's time to stretch those prophetic wings. Amen. Don't be crazy. Please wash your dishes and do your laundry. 
As you prophesy, God stretching your prophetic wings. Amen. And your prophetic gift is to see in pictures. Lots of flowers. It means something. Amen. You're a fragrance. Blessing. 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 Bless these hands. Prosper this man. Amen. You're like standing on a, look at me, son. Like standing on two pieces of lumber on leg. Punch a train, is that how you say? And, and you're standing there, you want to stand. Everything in you is saying stand, but you have two pieces of lumber. And for a number of years, you're not settled. You're not settled. But God is about to bring you into a large place and a prosperous place. And it's your landing place. And it's a stable place. It's a season of peace. God is calling for a season for you, a ceasefire. He's got the white flags out. You're wearing your blue shirt, which is the color of blue. A season of peace has been declared. So you can get stuff in order, life together, da-da-da. Give me a hand. Married, not yet. I don't know why you're walking around like Stevie Wonder. Amen. There's a girl you can marry right there. In the name of Jesus. I just pointed to heaven. What's wrong with you? S suck a lemon, girl. Part of your life being anchored. Look at me, son. Part of your life being anchored is in your health meet. It's going to help you anchor. Help you with a lot of inner pain, deep pain. Things that she will understand and carry for you. And the things you'll carry for her. And, and as your life begins to come to order, the word of the Lord in you that's struggling to come out is going to find expression. I pray for your life and richness. Richness. Amen. The word of God may be rich in you. That praise would be rich in you. Wisdom and understanding would be rich in you. In Jesus' name. Your blessing. Your blessing. Your blessing. Your blessing. This son has been in a tangle all his life. It's like all kinds of, you know, cotton has been tangled up. And every time you get a little solution, it tangles again. But we believe in God that one thread at a time is coming. One thread at a time. Father, we believe, we believe that whatever pain has been caused this family, that joy will come from it. And whatever inconvenience that has repent of all generational challenges that go back centuries for the purpose of healing and bringing this young man to order. Bless dad, mom, or grandma. Amen. Bless in Jesus' name. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. It's nobody's fault. They said this is for the glory of God that the works of God might be made manifest in him. All right, I'm going to pray for a couple. We got to go.
Father, we pray your blessing, your blessing. I gotta go, your blessing. Your blessing. We'll see you guys next year when we do another week's revival. God bless you guys. things happening in here today. Amen. A lot of good, good stuff. I'm going to have our ushers to come. We're going to receive an offering for Bishop Tudor Bismarck and his ministry. We want to give today. How many of you have been blessed this, this evening? Amen. You know, each night built up more and more. I told, I told Bishop before we, we come in, I said, do what you want to do. Do what the Holy Spirit has you to do. So if you want to prophesy, prophesy. You want to lay hands on people, lay hands on people. We're not going to force anything. This is what needed to take place tonight. There's a, there's a deep thing that has come forth. There's a deep challenge that has come forth for each and every one of us. I believe this, that God is maturing his body. The church is having to grow up for the times that are coming. The church has to grow up. And this is the time for us to step in and allow our body, our soul, and our spirit to be saturated with his word and with his presence. Don't let your Bible sit on the, on the shelf and collect dust. Study it. Don't just read it. Study it. And let the Holy Spirit bring revelation inside. Once that revelation comes, the revelation is a revealing. Once that there is a revealing that takes place of the word, nobody can steal it from you. It's with you. And now you have given the Holy Spirit in times of trouble to bring back to your remembrance the revelation that you have dug for. It's up to us to uncover the mysteries of the gospel so it can change our lives and set the path for our life. And I, I, I've been talking about Bishop Tudor Bismarck for a while, been telling our people you don't wanna miss. Of anybody that I've been around, and I can name some names, this is my favorite. Not, not just in his delivery, not just in the anointing that's on his life, but the character and integrity that he walks in. And I appreciate that. So we want to give, we want to give into his ministry. 
so that it come back into our life. You know, if you go to a grocery store and you walk through the aisles and you grab a gallon of milk, you get a loaf of bread, there's going to be an exchange before you leave out the building. Now let me say this. We're not buying anything tonight. But what we are doing is out of honor and out of appreciation, we're giving into what we have received tonight. I think in the measure, in the measure that we meet, it comes into our life. So give a little, because a little bit comes to you. In what measure we give, it comes back into our life. I want to hold on to everything this week that I have received. Not only am I giving, but I'm going to take and watch these videos over and over. Listen to the CD over and over. And those that are watching by YouTube or Facebook or whatever means, you have an opportunity to give also. And if you will, just go to our website, praisechurchoflouisiana.com, and there's a place that you can give. And under the designation, it should have special guest or special meeting or other guest speaker. Thank you. Designate that and then give. Every dime will go to them. Amen. You ready to give? Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you've done in this place. Thank you for the power of your spirit that has so deeply impressed us to dig in and move forward with you with what you have. Now, Lord, I ask you as we give that you'll bring back into our life, pressed down, shaken together, running over, cause our neighbors to see our profiting. Lord, move upon us. Lord, we just declare that we're going to have dreams and visions. We're going to see in the realms of the Spirit that we've never seen in before. I ask you to open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts. And we give you praise and glory for it. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you're making a check, you can make it to Praise Church, and we'll, we're going to write him one check. So if you have your offerings, if you would, just bring it forward. someday. I was in a church service in New York and the pastor would stand up and he'd watch what people were bringing. He'd open up the envelope and he told some of the people, go back and get some more. True story. And the people ran back to the seat, got more and brought it. He told one lady, he said, it's still not enough. But I believe that we've given tonight, and it's going to be enough. It's going to be a blessing. Amen. Thank you, guys.